continuing our series, Augmented Reality. The Apostle Paul wrote this. He says, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worship the created things rather than the creator who is forever to be praised. And that scripture is surely a timeless scripture and a timely scripture. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. We live in a day and age of augmented reality. Well, yesterday was my birthday. I turned 52 years old. I know I don't look a day over 60, uh, but 52 years old. I don't like the fact that I am at the age now where I can hurt myself while sleeping. I don't know how that happens, but you, you know, some of you know what I'm talking about. You wake up in the morning, you go, how did I do that? Right? And uh, I had the opportunity yesterday, uh, just throughout the day, just different people sharing um, expressions of, of love and appreciation and birthday greetings and, and uh, birthday cards that arrived, texts, phone calls, and then a lot of stuff over social media. Uh, and uh, and different, di on different venues, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, just different people uh, telling me uh, happy birthday. And it's interesting to me the, the labels that people use, right? Um, you know, you've got, you've got Fluffy Bear 347, but it really doesn't tell me a whole lot about who the person is, right? I will tell you, my, so my, my social media labels are pretty dull. They're at Ed Garvin, right? I mean, that's, that's, that, 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 is, that is who I am. It's, that's, that's my name, right? That issue of labels, though. I, I, in fact, I have this. You know what this is? Who, who knows what this is? It's a label maker, right. And it's pretty cool because you can, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can make labels. So, so, um, so for example, here's what I'm going to do. I want to type this in. Retiree. Who here is who here's retired? Okay. Good deal. So here's what I want to do. I want to print this out. Look at that. Watch this. It just shoots it out, and it cuts it all by itself. Okay? That's, that's your label. All right? So here's it. Wait. Here we go. Wait for it. Ta-da. Okay, here. Just because you're sitting by your daughter today. Okay? Hold on, I'm going to do, I'm, I got another one. This one's pretty important to me. I don't get to do this one very often, but my mom's here today. And so, this is my opportunity to give my mom this label. So, you're welcome, Mom. Here's the thing, most of you know my story. Um, this lady became my mom when I was 16 years old. You see, I, I grew up in a, in a home where well, I was given a number of labels. In fact, when I was brought home from the hospital, my father gave me the label, gave me the name Butch. Butch, don't I look like a Butch? Right, most of you know me as Pastor Ed, Edwin is my name, Edwin Wayne Garvin. And uh, if you've been around, you've heard me, I've shared this story before, uh, but my father showed up at the hospital the day that I was born drunk and said, that's not my kid. That's Ed Lindsay's kid, who was his business partner. And so he put on the paperwork, made my name Edwin Wayne Garvin. And well, when my father, grew, when my father sobered up, he was embarrassed by that, and so he never called me by my given name. He, he gave me the name Butch. Well, my father died when I was seven years old. Uh, just short of my eighth birthday. 
And uh, it wasn't too long after that that my mother met another man in a bar. That's where, that's where she met my dad. My dad was actually married with four children uh, when he, he met my mother. She was uh, a 16-year-old girl that was hanging out in a bar and, uh, and, and, and met her. He left his wife and four children connected with my mother, and they had eight children together. Uh, I'm uh, number seven of eight. My mother had actually already had a child, and uh, so I'm the 12th of 13 children. And uh, there were eight children living at home when my father died. And uh, not too long after my father's death, my, um, my mom met another guy, and he moved in. And he was a violent drunk and a vicious child abuser. Uh, and uh, and he, he placed some labels on me as well. He never called me by my given name, right? He, he would call me profanity. So one of his favorite things to call me was Gomer, right? After the, the television character at that day, at that, that, that time, Gomer Pyle, right? He spoke that over me. He spoke spoke that, that label over me. Labels. Labels. You know, if you have a label maker, you can label anything, right? I mean, I, I, I could walk around and I, I, could, I could label anything I want. But legitimately, there are only three people that can label something, right? The creator of something Okay, so, if, for example, if I would open up this jacket and I would look, this jacket has a label in it, right? It has a label in it because that's who created it, right? And if you create something, you can put your name on it. So, the manufacturer or the creator of something can label it. The owner of something can label it as well. Mark, you could take this label maker home and you could label everything in your house, well, everything that belonged to you, the things that belong to your wife, you start labeling them, you might get in trouble. Right? Because it's, it's the owner that can label something or the purchaser. All right? So, if you go buy a car, you, you, you go and you buy a, 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 you know, a, a, a car that's a couple of years old, you know what you can do is you can take all of the previous owner's stuff out of that car and you can put your own label on it. Right? You can, you can name that car whatever you want. The person who has the right to the label maker is the person who creates something, owns it, or purchases it. Here's the question that I have for you today. Who are you allowing to label you? See, we accept all these labels over us. When I was 16 years old, I was labeled a punk. I was labeled a troublemaker. In fact, when, when my mom and dad were obedient to what God told them and they opened up their house to me, and they said, we believe that God has spoken to us and said that we're supposed to invite you in and be a part of our family, her mother-in-law told her it was the dumbest decision that they would ever make right, that I was going to wreak havoc on their home and probably rape their daughter. Now, years later, when Grandma Van Loon, when it would be time to go get her and pick her up for vacation dinners, or not vacation dinners, but holiday dinners, you know who she wanted to come get her? Me, right? And when there would be disagreements in the home, <laughs> religious disagreements in the home, her father, my father and I, or my father and her rather would argue, right? And she would listen to anything my dad had to say. And then my dad would say, Butch, 
they call me Butch there. Uh, Butch, uh, you know, t- tell Grandma, and I would go, Grandma, actually, what, what Dad is saying is true. And then she would go, okay. <laughs> right? But for the longest time, I was, I was stuck with this label. And far too often, I have, I have believed and even embraced the labels that people have put on me. I have dealt with issues of inadequacy my whole life because these labels that were put on me, accepting those labels instead of the label of the one who created me, who was supposed to be the owner and director of my life and the one who purchased my life and actually purchased my life at a very high price. And I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that God has brought you here today because you understand this issue of labels. Right? You, you, you've accepted that. And, and we'll, we'll throw labels on people that make absolutely no sense. People will look at me and they'll label me a certain way because of the way that I dress today. I can't tell you how many, how many times people have said to me, you have no idea what it's like to go through life of difficulty. Assuming because I'm uh, fairly well-groomed and fairly well-dressed, that, man, that I've always had it. Mark, there are certain areas in Orlando that if you were to walk down that street in an evening with a hooded sweatshirt on, people are going to think a certain thing about you. When in reality, I'm probably more of a crook than you are. Right? If growing up is any, is, is any indication. But see, we, we assume certain things and we, we give people certain labels. I'm, I'm thrilled today to have one of my dear friends here, and, and I, I've asked him to come today. Yeah, he's, a, he's a missionary evangelist in, from Italy, and uh, he was going to be in the country. And I said, listen, you, you've got to be with us, and you've got to, you've got to spend some time with us. And, and here's what I love is the, the opportunity to talk to you about labels. You know what's, what's happening in Europe today, this, this crisis in Europe? all these refugees. And, and what we do is we'll put labels on certain people. If, if people have a certain ethnicity, we'll, we'll give them a label of terrorist, right? If people come from a certain background, we'll give them a certain label of, of troublemaker. And what God wants is this, is He wants us to come to an understanding of the label that He so desires for us to embrace. And not just to embrace, but to embody. See, the Word of God tells us this. It tells us that we are not our own, that we are bought with a price. That's what it tells us in 1 Corinthians 6. It's the reason why we're supposed to not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. In other words, we're not so supposed to embrace and buy into the labels the society and culture and the enemy of our faith wants to speak over us. It's time for you to peel off this label that you've accepted for far too long. And it's time for you to connect with the label that God wants to place upon you.
The Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anybody believe that in this house? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, the label that some of you carry today is because the enemy has labeled you something. Today I'm going to show you a couple pictures of people whose label got changed. The first picture is a little man. He's 70 years of age. He's the bald-headed guy there looking up over the podium. His label was professor, University of Rome, philosophy, many, many doctors behind his name. Brilliant man, Roman Catholic, devout. The man asked me multiple times as I would enter into the church, pastore, please, cafe, only in Italian. I pastor the International Christian Church of Rome, Italy. This man felt like it was important that he take me to coffee. Raphael would keep pestering me, and finally on the way to the office one day, I said to Jen, today we're going to coffee with Raphael. She said, how are we going to go to coffee with Raphael? He only speaks Italian. You don't speak Italian. I said, I'm going to listen to the man. One hour at the coffee bar, matter of fact, we have the best coffee in the world. One dollar for the best cappuccino, Starbucks is four. Just a side note. Talk about labels. Raphael sat there and for one hour told me how bad his life was, how he didn't like the government, the taxes at 39% was too high, what he had done for his life. He was lonely. His mother was near death. He didn't know what to do with his life. He said this all in Italian. Through the Holy Spirit, I interpreted everything that was said. At the end of the time, I looked to Raphael and I said in English, God loves you and has a plan for your life. Tears started to run down Raphael's face. I asked my wife, who speaks very good Italian, please say in Italian. And um, she said in Italian, more tears. I said, Raphael, you need to come to church. He said, I can't. If I go to church, the priest told me I'd go to hell not allowed to enter into your church. I said, Raphael, your life will change if you meet Jesus. The label of what these people in this community think about you will change. Four weeks, first week outside the door, second week inside the foyer, never entered the door, ushers, greeters, host team try to get them in. No, 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 if I get in there, I go to hell. Third week sits on the very last row listens to part of the message, and because of serious conviction, runs out. Remember, he's 70. Fourth week, he comes, he sits on the third row. I give the altar response like I'll give in a moment, and Raphael gets up out of his chair, runs to the front of the room, show the next slide, please. And you see what happens every single Sunday in our church. Today, I just got the text my wife just preached in Rome, and, and 27 people of many nationalities got up out of their chair like will happen in a few moments, and their label was changed.
God loves us, and he has a plan for our lives. And as a missionary, God sent us to Rome, and I believe I have a passion and a calling to lead one million people to Christ. People all the time say, man, that's a huge goal, Rick. How are you going to do that, God? God loves everybody, and he has a plan for everyone. Next slide, please. You will see on this next one, you will see a couple guys, John and Jerome. Now, they look like sharp young men, wouldn't you say? Refugees. Came over on a boat from North Africa. Shorter guy was thrown off the raft, stabbed, abused, grabbed hold of the rope, and on the other side of the raft, some guys helped him back in because these rafts, these rubber rafts that you see on, on TV, on the news, it, it, it doesn't paint the full picture, but because uh, he, he was smaller, they, they wanted him off. Well, this picture was taken in July. They had just landed with just the clothes on their back. John or Jerome showed up to our church because we give food and clothing and, and we help the refugees. We have 250,000 new refugees in Italy this year. Title, label, refugee. Nobody wants you. <laughs> Nobody would like you to come to our country. And in Europe, as you know, a lot of the countries have closed the door. For God has sent me to Italy because there's no door closed. Matter of fact, we have 37 unreached nations that are showing up in our country. <laughs> We titled them, Unreached Never Heard the Gospel of Jesus Christ. These two young men showed up to our church, and that day, both of them came and gave their lives to Christ. Two weeks later, that are at church picnic. This is the third week of July of this year. Looks like life changed, doesn't it? Look like title changed. Look like labels gone. These are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. God sent them to Rome so they could have a life change. And you sent a missionary like me so that I could tell them that God loves them and has a plan for their life. Last week, my wife flew home because of making sure our church is good and all is good. And she baptized the big guy, Jerome, on the right. You should see the picture of Jerome coming up out of that water. I was so, I mean, I started crying because I know what they, those two among many have gone through. But they sit in our church and let me tell you, Pastor Jen is, that's my wife there. I'm going to tell you, don't mess with her because they've got her back. Because listen, when we See what God can do in our lives? It's amazing when we say yes to God, what God's going to do to change us. I'm going to say that again. Because you just can't have the label ripped off. You can take the label out of your coat, you can take the label off your car, but you can't take the label off your heart. God can do that. Because God loves you and he has a plan for your life. And it's amazing how that you can start over, but the next slide tells you what happens. As you look at these little kids, those are three of the meanest little kids you've ever seen in your life. We have a, a summer camp. This was the second week of June of this year. 
If you've seen those three boys, my staff took this picture, said, Pastor, you've got to see this picture. I wish I had the before and after shot. These, they tell me, were the three holy tears of the entire camp. They would hit people. They'd yell at people. They all three come. They had no clue who each other was. They come from difficult situations. If I could paint the whole story, because I know it's on live stream today, I would say some things that you would say, that's disgusting. But God loves you and has a plan for your life, and I give away a free summer camp to everyone that comes because it's entitled English. So these parents that are trying to help their children, they say, man, if you go to this camp, and, and I give away big prizes. I give away big water guns and big toys and big trucks, and, and I advertise it that way. So we have hundreds of kids that come like that. They look just like that, but they, they show up. They've never been in church. They've never heard the words, God loves you and has planned for your life. They've never heard, for God so loved the world. They've never heard it. But I'm the pastor that says they, everybody should hear. Okay, I'm the pastor that everybody should hear. What do you think? Everybody should hear, right? Everybody should hear. That was taken on the fourth day. God had radically changed their lives. But I give away big prizes, and they only come on Sunday. So they come all week long, and they have to come to get the big, big prizes. <laughs> and on Sunday, in order to get the big, big prizes, they got to bring mom and dad. People ask me all the time, how do you pay my staff says, Pastor, everybody else in, in the city, because everybody wants to help with camp and kids and things like that, that's kind of a common thing in Rome, and everybody charges. They say, Pastor, you should charge. I said, I'm not charging. I've got this church in Orlando that's going to pay this bill for me. <laughs> They've never even heard of Orlando. I said, yeah, they're going to pay because they think these kids should have the label ripped off of their chest that they have a plan that is destined by God to be somebody. <laughs> I know most of you have never seen me before in your whole life. But God loves me. He loves my wife, but he sent us to Rome to be your ambassadors there to help these kids. And these three kids then on Sunday walked up and got these big prizes, but their mom and dad got up out of their seat, just like some of you will do in a few moments, walk to the front of the room and had the label ripped off their life of sinner. Now it's right on their chest, redeemed, changed. And their families are so happy. They're, you just see what happens when God gets a hold of you. Today, you may have wandered in the room. Say, man, I didn't know I, what's going to happen today in church. But I can tell you this. If little kids can understand that Jesus loves them, and refugees can understand that Jesus loves them, everybody can understand that Jesus loves them. When I preached like my wife preached today in Rome, there was over 65 nations of the world sitting there listening. I loved coming to your church because I saw on your stage so many different nationalities. I, I look in this audience, I see so many different nationalities. Guess what heaven's going to be like? 
So many different nationalities, every tongue, every tribe, every kindred. We're just getting some warm-up of what heaven's going to be like and the labels that God has now placed in our lives that we're somebody in Christ Jesus. You're valuable to God. Though the world may have put some nasty labels on you because of mistakes or things that you've done in your life or some of the, some of the patterns that have happened because of you, cho your choices or other people's choices that has infected your life, I want you to know God has a way of taking care of all that. Anybody with me today? God has a way of redeeming us and cleaning us up and fixing us and, and restoring us. You may have walked in this room today and said, you know what, there's no hope for my life. Yes, there is. As long as you're breathing, there's hope because we got Jesus. Today, I want to give you the opportunity to know who Jesus is. It's a simple belief. I believe in Jesus. I believe he's the Son of God. I believe that he came, lived amongst us. At the age of 33, he hung on a cross, and he died for all of our sins. Today, my wife and I sold everything we had just a couple years ago. Pastor Ed is so much younger than I. Last month, I turned 60, but I don't look 60. I'm Italian, my label. God helps us. There's pastors like Pastor Ed that believes in missions and believes in people, that he can stand up here and introduce this message today in his series and allows people like me on his stage to tell you, listen, labels can change. I'm telling you, friend, labels can change. And we have the opportunity today to see the labels change. Let me end with this story. Five years ago, the doctors found a huge tumor in my head. I found what I believed was the best surgeon in the world to take this tumor out of my head. In my introduction of this wonderful surgeon, I said, what do you do for a living? He said, nobody's ever asked me that. He says, I take ro a robot and I put it in people's brains or spinal cords and I pull out tumors. I said, you're hired. Out of kindness, he asked me what I did for a living. I said, I'm a preacher. I go all over the world trying to get people to go to heaven. He said, I'm Muslim. I said, I'm Christian. S surgery was scheduled on the November 21st and he walks into the where I'm laying on the table, my wife and three daughters are standing there, and I said, I'm going to have to pray for you before we go into that room for 14 hours. He said, I figured. <laughs> I said, I want you to know today God's going to help you. Lord, please help my friend today do a good job. I started crying, and I'm not a crier, and he leaves the room, and they wheel me down the hall, and they shave my beautiful hair, and and mess me up and put all these probes in my head. An hour and a half later, into the surgery, the surgeon that's brilliant walks out into the waiting room and tells my wife we had to abort this surgery. If we do this surgery, ma'am, we do any further, your husband would die. 
or your husband would lose his ability to speak. And I know that he's a preacher and he travels all over the world trying to get people to go to heaven. I could not take that from him. Did I tell you he was Muslim? Yeah, I did. See, God has a way of working everything out. After the uh, aborted surgery, the, they wake me up and say, well, hey, what are we going to do? <laughs> I thought the surgery was over. I felt around my head. There was no bandages, just shaved. I thought, man, that's good. I, I don't know what they did today, but uh, I'm good. He says, we didn't do the surgery. I said, what? Yeah, you'd die. I didn't want that one. I said, what are we going to do? He says, I don't know. I said, you're the smartest guy on the planet. What do you mean we don't know? I didn't pick the second string surgeon. I picked the first string. You understand? They're going to open my head. I want the best one. He said, I don't know, sir. God had a way of working everything out. These brilliant brain surgeons got together, and all of a sudden, this guy walks in the room who is a radio surgeon. He walks in the room, and he says, hey, let me look at this guy's case. There's only seven documented cases in the whole world where a giant cell tumor is found in somebody's head. And he's one of those guys. I want to look at his case. They look at my case, and I walk, calls me on the phone. I go into his office, and Korean, born again, spirit-filled. I walk into his office, and he looks at me, and he says, I want you to know as he bows, as he walked in the door, he says, God has sent me to you. Now, I've never heard anybody say, God has sent me to you. And I said, what's that mean? He says, you're going to be part of a miracle. Part of a miracle? Yeah. God's going to reach in your head and take that tumor out of your head, and I get to be part. I said, really? I said, radiation doesn't work on giant cell. He says, I know. God's got this. So I wrote a message called God's Got This. I wear a band every single day of my life. My label, Pastor Ed. And I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what label you're carrying. God's got this. And if you need to wear a label like I do, my band, you can go down to my table after church and get one. It's a reminder every single day of my life that it doesn't matter what the doctors say, doesn't matter what the banker says. Doesn't matter. God's got this. And if God can create you, then God can fix you. Listen, friend, if you could fix yourself, you would have already fixed it. But God can. There's not a sin you've committed that God can't forgive. There's not a sickness you have that God can't heal. There's not a situation in your home or your family that God can't handle. There's not a wayward son that God can't bring home. God can do anything. And all we got to do is ask. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.